Hey, it's Mike, Sean, and AJ of the Confused Breakfast. If you love classic movies from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, we're the podcast for you. We just finished up May of Sways Uncaged. All Nick Cage and Patrick Swayze movies. Dirty Dancing, Donnie Darko, Face Off, The Outsiders, and National Treasure. Check us out wherever podcasts are found. You will be glad you did. We are back here at She Speaks It All with another Just Like That. I don't want to call it a hate recap, a mock recap, but then also I still have respect for the show and its legacy and like, I don't want it to change. At the same time, I cringe almost every single episode. So whatever you call that type of coverage, that's what we're doing here again. And I'm joined by another Emily. Hello. Hello. You said it so well about the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean, well... And yes, and this lovely introduction, but yeah, it's such a hard show to make sense of. So I felt like I needed someone like you to talk it out with. So I'm so excited to sit down and figure this out together. I think that you have to do it like with someone else. I think we all need to be supported through it so that we can like bounce it off someone else and hear their thoughts so that we know we're not alone. Totally. And you know, what's funny when I was thinking about recording today, I was thinking about how the last time we podcasted together, we were covering Lindsay Lohan's Beach Club. (laughs) And (laughs) by the the way, guys, her podcast is it's become a whole thing. And you should definitely check it out. But definitely check out the episode we did on Lohan Beach Club. Yeah, yeah, we recap recap a lot of like um, old reality shows, a lot of early 2000s and some just random like Lindsay Lohan's Beach Club. Um, But I was thinking like, this show and just like that, and Lindsay Lohan's Beach Club, they're not so different in that you spend half the time just being like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and I think I like it. But sometimes I don't. <laughs> it's, it's that's the feeling. The fe- I've never watched a show and felt these feels. Yeah, exactly. And like, there's moments where you're like, okay, yeah, like, we're back. We're we're back. You know, we yep. got this. And then others yes. where you're like, did, uh, did a chimpanzee write this? <laughs> and like, you're like, sharp detour. Um, yeah. I also like, didn't fully remember, as we were talking right before we started recording, I didn't fully remember season one in its entirety because a lot of it I watched, like, because I wasn't covering it. And I hate to say it, but a lot of it I watched on my phone, doing other things. So I feel mm-hmm. like I missed huge chunks. So I decided, because this is what I do for you guys, I decided to go back and rewatch season one and pay attention. And I was like, I don't remember half of this. Like it was a, either I blocked it intentionally or I just wasn't paying a lot of attention um, because some of it was so new. And I have to say, maybe because I've now been watching too much and just like that, it started to be like, it's not that bad. I started to I, be like, I don't actually, season one wasn't as odd as I remembered it to be because I think season two has been so, um, uh, like every episode feels like a new storyline completely as where season one had a through line because big had died mm-hmm. and i cried my face off like at the at his memorial service like i absolutely was like touched by it and i'm like watching it going this actually you know the only parts that are really bad are che diaz che diaz's parts and it's not i feel bad for sarah ramirez when you have on a tv show a character that's a stand-up comedian, you would typically bring on an actual stand-up comedian and they would kind of do their own material because it's really hard if you're not a stand-up comedian to become a stand-up comedian. And Sarah Ramirez is not necessarily known for their comedy. And 
that's going to deliver our material. And that's not going to be funny unless it is an actual stand-up comedian writing it, working with Sarah. Like stand-up comedy is so specific. So like when you think about like Seinfeld, he got a show or like everybody loves Raymond. Like these people are stand-up comedians and then they repurpose their material. So if they have a stand-up moment, they can be funny in the show. Instead, yeah. they go, we'll just cast a very not funny, because she's, or they're not known for their acting. I mean, they're, te- they're comedy. In fact, they're like, nev- they've never been funny, right? But you could even be a f- very funny person and a very funny actor and mm-hmm. still not be good at stand-up comedy, because that's a whole different ballgame. It's a whole different ballgame. You game. could be known for being witty and having little quips, but doing a set is something that very few people can do. And even when it is your own material, it's really hard to like tighten it up and get your type five and all that stuff. So I feel bad for- Type five. Lots of type fives, tight tens. So many type fives and tight tens. And they're like god awful. Like the writing is not written by the person that it's intended that's intended to say it. So it sounds really forced. It feels like they're wearing the material and like I can see things of like Sarah coming through, like mannerisms of Sarah coming through that she's yeah. trying that they're trying to infuse into the character. But imagine trying to be funny with material that's not yours and then also play it as a character that you are not. Like so I just it's a it was a mess. Like all the podcast little moments where they had uh, that were just not funny and in fact maybe like hate them. But then as soon as they'd get off of that, I'm like, okay, we're not doing too bad. We're not, we're not, we're not too bad. I do like the direction they took Charlotte's character. I think she was always a little ridiculous. And I think it works that she's now got like a, a still active sex life because Harry was like the guy that that awakened her sexuality. So it's like, okay. And then she's got these kids that are going through what they're going through and it's going to, and I like the way she's handling it. So I can accept all of those things. I can accept the way they move through Big's death with Natasha, like how they pulled Natasha into it. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was actually not horribly done because the way they did it was actually, um, pretty solid like she would be she wouldn't have known why in the will big left her all this money and so then she's gonna it wasn't like so out of left field so I'm like I really think I misjudged this I think that this show this first season wasn't as bad then it goes off the rails in episode three when Miranda gets like hypnotized by Che's stand-up set she's like oh my god because also it's really not common that stand-up comedians are like motivational speakers so then yeah. i was like wait what is this show like and what, what is a comedy concert what is a comedy concert what are we doing and so then it just it continues to go just to a weird place another thing they really don't don't focus on enough in my opinion or just seemed really out of left field was charlotte bringing up miranda's drinking when we the audience had kind of barely seen her drink except for like the bourbon neat at the funeral right before she was about to speak. And I was like, well, that kind of seems like they didn't lean into it enough for me to be like, Charlotte has a point. Yeah. Or maybe just bad writing. 
Well, it's just exactly. It's just a lot of surface level plot lines that kind of trail off or you we just get jumped, dropped right into the middle of them. And then we're expected to catch up. And I catch myself wondering, like, was I just not paying attention or. And so hearing you talk about I'm like, okay, so it actually is just some bad writing. (laughs) Yeah. And then when Miranda does quit, it's like it's been a non-issue. She is fine. She's like we get we get one meeting from her this season, and I'm like, wow, she. I don't really think she was an alcoholic like this guy's. Like, if she's gonna be an alcoholic, that is, they're gonna have interventions, meetings. Like, okay, then that give is it. A, that, exactly, you're not just like okay, like it's all good now. <laughs> it's no, you what? Who, who was consulted for this? I guess clearly, <laughs> yeah. No one who's had any experience, like maybe they've just seen it like a meeting on a sitcom and we're like, okay, like they'll go to a meeting and then it'll be all good. And then she'll be on the beach. Like what is happening here? Yeah. Like she's, she quits drinking. She leaves Steve. She's like, she would have needed meetings constantly if she was actually like a true alcoholic. Cause like she changed her whole damn life. Well, exactly. Dealing with addiction issues and a divorce at the same time, that that is a believable thing that could happen to someone at any point in their life. But then, okay, so then they're going to be like really going through it. And if they're in some kind of delusional relationship, you know, because you're not supposed to start uh, mm-hmm. a relationship in early recovery. So bring that up, you know, like. It's not rocket science. And it's just not an issue. She's just pouring her sparkling waters while everyone else drinks. And like what she had it so easy. She's in no way an accurate example of someone who is really struggling like with their alcoholism. Or with the divorce. Or with the divorce. Yeah, no, definitely not the divorce. She was not in any way struggling there. The Okay, here's actually something I did like. So here's a a positive. I thought it was funny because it was so kind of terrible how freaked out Charlotte was that she had no black friends and so was trying to like get her neighbor who's black to be like, will you come to this dinner because I've invited, and she doesn't say this, but like, she's like, I invited Lisa and her husband and they're black. Will they feel weird being the only black people? So then she tries to get black people and she doesn't know if that's PC. But then they turn it on its head because when Charlotte and Harry go to dinner at Lisa and Herbert's house, they're the only white people. Dun, and dun, dun. I kind of I kind of love just how like unhinged this was. Just it's like I'm so confused as to what I'm watching because it's like they're trying to show that they get they get it. They get the issue, but like it's all good. <laughs> or yeah, they're, they're like we're going to address social issues this season like <laughs> and we're going to tackle it head on <laughs> and they're like watch this we're going to have we're going to have a non-binary kid we're going to have a non-binary main character like we we're progressive yeah and it it's made me think of the complete i was thinking like what is the complete opposite of this and for okay for all <laughs> the problems that euphoria has as a show with all of its, you know, there, there are many flaws and many um, amazing qualities to it. But the fact that Hunter Schaefer's character, they mentioned that she was trans, like so briefly in passing, I feel like that is what Gen Z is like. They're like, it, it's a non-issue. And so 
I understand that that the Sex and the City remake isn't going to be like that, but at least maybe the kids would be more like that. And mm-hmm. it's just less like I am rejecting um, <laughs> heteronormative values and I will not zip you into your dress. Like just it, it seems so. Yeah, I, I, I don't have children of that age. So I don't know. Like, are the kids talking like that? They they are actually. Yeah, I worked with teens. See, I worked. Yeah, I worked actually with um, teens, kids and teens in like a very small town and they were bringing up like we were talking politics and they were like, well, this politician has really done a great job addressing like trans issues and like LGBTQ support. I'm like, okay, so you guys are like miles ahead. Yes. And like they're all um, had different like um, non-binary gender fluid. I'm talking like 10, 11, 12. Um, They're like, yeah, my friend group, you know, we've got like um this person's um a lesbian but dating a man at the moment like just fully like in that world without a thought and I was just listening like okay wow you the kids the kids are all right like the kids are (laughs) doing uh infinitely you know they are the change they are the change that's coming they're very it was very impressive to me to hear them talk and I felt like an I felt like an out of touch old mm-hmm. folky listening to them be like, Wow, your kids are crazy. Like that's amazing. You <laughs> your know, kids but are crazy these days. Look at like what are your kids these kids? Yeah, wow. Kids these days, huh? <laughs> I I was very giving like Steve Buscemi meme like vibes <laughs> in that meme. <laughs> How do you do, fellow kids? Um, but yeah, I was I, I was super impressed. And like, you know, I'm sure this is like a very, this is like a West Coast town. And I'm sure there's many towns in in North America that aren't like that. But I was just always astounded. So that was kind of the world that I saw. Um, And then this is a big departure from that. But I don't know if they're going to be out of touch. It's like I want them to lean into the out of touchness. Uh It's sort of this weird in between. It's like they, 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 they picked button issues of now that like they don't really get but they should get so they're like let's write it in and show them that we get it yeah and also did you find as a podcaster that it was just offensive to have in like season one this just a bad podcast that also had an incredibly high budget and more like support than we could ever you know hope for with it, like I'm thinking, guys, pod- like this, I'm doing a podcast. Like it, it costs me my microphone. I have I used to do it on my laptop, but they've they've got a studio with multiple offices, and it's like a sound guy. Like they had like a, a Harry and Meghan, like Meghan Markle level podcast production quality. You know, like a it looked like a ten million dollar deal, and it was still bad. And I forgot that they made it like it was even. I forgot last season they started this narrative that they were. Barely making it, guys. You need to start, like, Carrie, get on your social media, and you need to start posting about this, okay? Ugh. Like, I forgot that the podcast company was barely surviving, and I'm like, well, you could cut a lot of overhead. Yeah, you actually need a staff of one to produce a podcast. Like, it's you guys are so, way, way overdoing it here. Yeah, like, and th- to rent out a place in New York. But again, like, all of that type of stuff... In the first Sex in the City, the fact that Carrie lived in this fabulous apartment and barely worked, that was integral to the show. And so that's what I mean by leaning into the out-of-touchness. Okay, mm-hmm. if you're going to have this podcast with 
what seems like a multi-million dollar budget. Okay, lean into that and like barely address the finances. Don't be like, and we're struggling and we're super progressive. And, you know, they like the to pulse. present as many obstacles as possible because yes. it's easy. I said this last week. It's easy writing. It's like cheap writing. It's like, okay, we'll make something happen. We'll create an obstacle for it. And then we'll get through the obstacle by the end of the episode. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. I know, I, like, let me guess, they're going to figure this out by the end of the act. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, they yeah. bring stuff up that, like, suddenly is happening. Like, okay, last week I discussed this. There's a scene, and I actually messed up. Um, the scene where Herbert is trying to wave a cab down, and none of the cabs are stopping for him because he's black. I missed that Lisa had said she forgot to call the car. So they normally have a car service. But Lauren and I, because I had Lauren on last week, we were making fun of just how out of touch the writing was. Like, if you're going to make them struggle with just being black in America, I would like to see it more often than just you doing this one-off little moment in this one-off episode and then just like dropping it completely. Okay. It feels also, like an after school special when you do it like that. Well, and it's like a, a 2005 problem because let's say you're late to an event and okay, my hat doesn't fit your into Uber. a cab. Get an Uber X or get it. You can get one in New York in two minutes. That's exactly. anyone would do that. No one is hailing a cab repeatedly, at, knowing they're going to not stop. And if you're going to make us suffer through a COVID storyline, then. Everyone needs to have every amenity that we also have in the t- 2020, 21, 22, which is Uber. <laughs> yes, Uber, literally. So it just feels like they, they're like, we should, oh, they're like, here's a good opportunity. We'll talk because they're black. And we know, even though we're, even though probably the entire staff of writers is most likely white, uh, they're like, we will have him not able to hail a cab. Because I heard my friend, I have one black friend, and he, and he said that they have a hard time getting cabs. And they're and, like, oh, let's write that in. It's like, it, no, like, I'm, I believe because the, the struggle of black people in America is such a huge thing to take on. Like, don't just make it about cabs. But if you want to even just take, if you're if they're really committed to something like that, take it and tweak it. So put them in an Uber and the Uber driver says something there we incens- go. insensitive to him while he's on his way to his fancy event. And he's and like, oh, are it. you there as the ha- waiter? As the help? Like some, yeah, ex- something like that. That, yes, totally. Look at I you. See you that. just rewrote the scene and now it's great. Uh, yeah, HBO call us. HBO We're available. call us. No, because like what you just did was exactly what my point is. Like that shows you do kind of get it. But when you show him like repeatedly hailing cabs, unable to get one left and right, it feels like you don't get it. It feels like you're surface level getting it, but you don't really, really want to like, let's live in this. What is their world like? What do they experience? No, no, no. Let's just do the cab thing. It's like a bad bit. It really is. It's like a bad like slapstick <laughs> early 2000. And yeah. And, and, you know, I, so on my podcast, like I spend so much time recapping shows like from the 2000s. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm i very familiar with just how much has changed since then and how you could say things back then that just wouldn't be a reality. And you'd have technology problems that seem ancient, but just... someone pulled Exactly. Um, they, I don't understand this. This is where Che sings California Girls as a way of announcing they're going to L.A. 
Was it to show off Sarah's voice? Because it was such a strange thing to write. Like, okay, then we'll have Che sing California Girls, and that's their way of saying they're moving to California. They're going to sing the whole song. They're going to sing from start to finish the whole fucking song. And Miranda's going to be like, what's happening? Do you know what's happening? Oh, because they make Miranda such an idiot, this this new version of Miranda. She's just totally out of it, has no idea. But then they give Che this horrible line, Hollywood called bitches, I'm making a pilot. (laughs) This has to be one of the most infuriating scenes to me of season one. It is an abomination to writing, to storytelling. I hate it. I hate it so much. Yeah. And it's just like, again, what decade are we in? Because I am, I'm truly offended when shows, when fictional shows have a COVID storyline. I like, yeah, I understand that you're supposed to deal with real life uh-huh. and difficult things, but I'm like, we don't, I don't need that in any the same way. Like, I don't need a COVID documentary. I don't need it in my right. shows or whatever you can do. You can do death. You can do illness, all these things. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, okay, you're right. but then COVID is just like take it off. Okay. The so is it then also, but is it also 2011 when Ke- Teenage Dream just came out? What <laughs> what is happening here? Like what what are the references? So because what how many stand-up comedians do you know that sing seriously? Most, if they do have a singing element to their material, like Sarah Silverman, they will bust into song and it will be a funny comedic song. This was sung in all earnest. And Sarah Ramirez, I think they thought she had a really good voice. So they're like, this will be a great opportunity for us to show off her voice. This is this is the conundrum that this show puts us into, which is that you have these two realities where on one hand, we live in a world where the LGBTQIA plus community is seriously under attack and trans and non-binary folks are dealing with some of the hardest obstacles we face you know like in recent memory and it's horrifying and so that is true and what is also true is that we have Che Diaz who is an unfunny comedian who is lighting up a weed pipe in an elevator and and, and I'm like we're not and then we're like we're upset with that and then it it almost you know like the it's it it's like the opposite off, of what they're trying to do. Yeah, and it almost comes off as like homophobic or yes. something, or like or like transphobic, you know, bigotry. Yeah, bigotry. Whereas it's like, no, I okay, I don't really get into this a lot. I don't advertise it because I don't. It's not like a cool thing. But I smoke weed very regularly. That is just a part of my life. Never in one million, million. years would, no. would I even go to like the grocery store reeking of weed nope. or like. You know, like, no, (laughs) or true, true stoners, as I am as well. We don't do that. We keep it low key under wraps. And it's like, you have your vape, have a vape pen. Like what (laughs) that, like it's things like that, that they're, the show is putting us in such such a challenging position because how could we not see that and 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 hate it and be like this is, this is so reckless and well, okay, too. I said this last week, like to your point. Exactly what you said. When you're going to have this representation and then make them be like a terror, do you hate? Do you hate them? 
Like, do you want us to hate them? It's sort of the opposite of what you're trying to do because now you've got Miranda leaving her husband, seemingly her kid, to go be with the big, bad, non-binary person. Well, and yeah, and, and you know, we'll talk about this um, a little later when we talk about the most recent episode, but I had some moments where I was like, Che is toxic. Like, Che is- Toxic? A- no, really toxic. Like, seriously, like, actually um, not a good person based on some of their actions in this past episode. And so, yeah, it, it feels, you know, it feels kind of like Will and Grace, where it's like, here's a <laughs> gay character for you, and they're fabulous, and they're going shopping, you know? Yep. It's just like, yep, yep, yep. Versus, you know, yeah. So it's, it's so surface level. By the way, who brings like weed, like actual buds weed to an event and then packs a bowl? Like that is just so impractical. I mean, that's to just too much shit to carry. It, or indoors, even in their like apartment, just anything and, and a stinky old pipe. Yeah. Like you're like, I just put that in my bag. Like, by the way, you don't even have a purse. Che, did you put it in your pocket? Where the hell did you keep that? I did that when I was 15 years old. <laughs> yes. And not since then have I done that. <laughs> like they're such a seasoned stoner, seemingly, at least that's how they're presenting Che. And no, Che's like getting a kid high with her or them. Okay, by the way, last week, I think I messed up a few times and didn't get the pronoun right. And I'm going to make it my fucking goal to not do it once. But if I do it again, I'm very sorry. I respect pronouns. It's just I'm I'm working on it. It's not a good yeah. thing, but it's just... We're doing we're doing our best out here. I just want do. people... If anyone out there was offended that ha- that happened last week, I'm so sorry. I tr- yeah. Here's the lesson, though. All, I we can say do is co- all we can do is course correct and yeah. acknowledge it. I think when you have those people who are like, fucking pronouns and whatnot, it's because they're so afraid of messing it up and like getting it wrong. But honestly, if you ask someone who is non-binary, they just want to know you care and that you try. And if they if you get called on it, you're like, oh my God, sorry, I got it. Yeah, don't make it weird. Just don't be like, and keep Ugh. it moving. And yeah, don't make so it so annoyed. Big- it's like they've been dealing with the fact that they're not considered normal their whole lives. So they're just asking for a little bit of effort that we try to normalize this for ourselves. Yeah. And don't be scream- screaming and at the wrong pronouns in front of a whole cast of, uh, in front of a whole live audience like we saw on this most recent episode. Don't do any of that. <laughs> Don't do any of that. It's not like it's just so. But yes, I'm going to I will do my absolute best. I'm making such a concerted effort. I couldn't believe I did that. But someone really cool reached out. Shout out to Molly, by the way. She sent me a message and it was like a nice DM. It was like, I don't think you meant to in any way, shape or form. But you you did say she a few times. So maybe just address it. And I was like, thank you for coming. Correct. I had I had a listener once call that a call in. Um, they brought up some, some issue with me that they had. And I was like, Oh, thank you. know, Thanks for bringing that to my attention. And they were like, Oh, thanks for being there for this call in like rather than a call out. And I was like, I love, I love that. I love you guys. A call like, in. Yeah. Like okay, it was, that's cause, it, cause it was so, it was so respectful, but it was just like this, I found this challenging, this thing that you said, and I hadn't, it was something I hadn't thought of. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm always here to hear what people have to say. And then they said, call in. I was like, I, I kind of love that. That's for this call in, not a call out. Yep. Yeah. No, that's, imp- it's important that we are there to listen. I might have to say, I'm going to real quick, then my toxic trait is when someone writes in and has like an issue, but it's, it's actually not. I'm like, I think you're just trying to make something out of nothing. So I like to go into like a series of questions that kind of leads them to realize what they're complaining about is not actually a thing. Oh, that's not toxic. I'm, we also, because we deal with, uh, 
we as podcasters deal with a lot of people that either are not in therapy and probably should be or whatever and then decide to like Mm -hmm. road rage at us about whatever Mm -hmm. is bothering them that week um and so we deal with a lot of that too like that respectful call in that that's why it's so that appreciated uh yeah here and there but most of the time it's just someone like you know Uh you're being Matching. sensitive to this and i'm like that's did you not even listen to the whole episode i totally explained that so yeah yeah i do purposely. like to kind of like quest get have them answer questions that get them yep to where i love like, doing that too Oops. yeah i'm like haha got you <laughs> all right that was a little detour sorry should i take us into this episode we're already half an let's, hour let's into our conversation it. sorry we talked no about let's do it we get a Candace Bergen resurgence. We get an Enid, an Enid character. I ac- I have to say, I think they took this character in the exact direction that that character was headed last time we saw Enid. Oh, yeah. And, well, I have, yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on, like, Carrie's treatment of Enid. I don't, but I don't know if I want to, like, jump ahead to that. Where where do you want to start with this? Okay, so we'll I think I know what you're talking about. So okay, we'll start at the we'll start at the beginning, and then I'll take us through the episode. I know exactly where you're going. Okay, um, <laughs> I know exactly where you're going. Carrie had reached out for a blurb, and Candace, Candace or Enid, sorry, ignored it. Uh, and then Carrie shamelessly asks if she would just mention her book in her newsletter, and Enid goes, "No, I will not." And she's launching a magazine called Vivant. For women our age. And that freaks Carrie out. So we're going to now be dealing with a little bit of ageism from Carrie as well. Which is an interesting direction to take this story. And it's so funny because, first of all, that's not how you network. You put yourself out there um, and ask for a favor. And if they say no, that's it. They don't owe you anything. Um, but then if they're going to offer you another opportunity and it's someone of pro- as prominent as this Ina character who's in this show, basically like an Anna Wintour, you know, yep. the former like Vogue editor, so, someone. OK, so let's say like someone, uh, Anna Wintour, <laughs> you you ask Anna Wintour to plug your book. She says no, but she's like, how about you uh, write, you work, you come work for me. You Then would you turn around and be like, oh, some old lady wanted me to write for her stupid magazine (laughs) or would you be like hey this is a great opportunity that I can maybe parlay into some promo for my book (laughs) yeah they really made they 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 have Enid get fired from Condé Nast and then Carrie going this loser asking me to write for her stupid magazine I know also like okay they're in their 50s in the show um the main ladies and then Enid is in her 70s and so I thought about the age difference of like, okay, so I'm 34. If someone in their mid 50s was like, hey, like, do you want to be part of this project that's for women, you know, 30 to 50? I wouldn't be like, oh my God, you get away from me. I'd be like, okay, what is what is it about? What's the deal? Like, But they really but, are going to show us that Carrie is actually an asshole and is like, this old but, ass lady. But that is actually one thing that I kind of I feel like is consistent with Carrie that she is kind of low key. Like she's she's an asshole. She's always been yeah. an asshole. And so that was one thing that I was like, okay, this is true, Carrie. Yeah. Being like, oh my god, like being a brat, basically. She sunk a whole podcast network. She she just put all these people out of work for not reading an ad. 
um about like vaginal problems like. and 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 what's okay something that's funny about that is my favorite comedian heather mcmahon she she has this ongoing bit where she's like give me the Gardasil ad. Give me the Valtrex ad. She's like, those are the well-paying ads. And all you have to do is one and then you're good for a year. See? (laughs) It's like, and like, but I mean, you know, that it's one thing to embrace it, but it's another thing to be like, this is my job. And it's not like, you know, you're not having to read like a Trump ad. You're having to read a a sex product related ad for your sex podcast since when is she a prude she she's always been a jerk but this prudish carrie is totally new to us it's like the this is like why last season was so confusing with like her and big and when she was learning about sex and had him jerk off in front of her and i was like why are you making me watch this this is like traumatizing it it is. It is. And she's it, like, I'm just so out of touch with sex. And apparently this is a thing now. I'm like, what do you mean? Who 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 what? <laughs> like jerking off or someone is a new concept? Like, get out of we've, here. We've literally watched like uh, a a guy she's hooking up with like ask her to pee on him. Like we've seen she's so been much exposed. Yeah. And even even if you hadn't lived those experiences, if you had a sex podcast, you would have at least done your research. And mm-hmm. not been squeamish at concepts like, like very simple, basic kind of like one hundred and one type mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this this is the Carrie, and it's funny now that I think about it. Carrie has always been like av- adverse to um, change of any kind. Like they were always having to like force Carrie to do new shit. Remember when she didn't have an email and she finally got an email and that's yeah. what she used to communicate with Aiden. And so I think they're like, let's just, they imagine like what would Carrie if we stayed with her be like? And they're like, she sucks. Carrie would suck. But yes. And that is a, that is a great point. But the thought, the part that I thought was funny, uh, one of the many things I thought was funny about this is that she has two dream jobs that she chose of uh, a hit podcast and a book she wrote herself and a crazy big book deal and she refuses to do both and I'm like you chose this Carrie <laughs> you chose to have a sex podcast you have to read ads it's really it takes 60 seconds yeah um and I'm like give me that ad. <laughs> like seriously. all of us anyone with a podcast was like bitch what are you doing <laughs> and then she won't read a part of her book and is making it uh, saying that they have to hire an actress and they're like okay whatever like grief is emotional but she wrote the book so just take a day take a take a week to yourself and then get back get to it be oh, a no, professional yeah. carrie it, has always been the difficult one yeah yeah she's the worst she's the worst she is actually <laughs> yeah, actually is the worst uh so charlotte and harry and lisa and herbert have sent their kids to summer camp and charlotte and harry they just can't wait to go have some sex and we are subjected to now this made me realize maybe this just isn't like maybe I'm just not the target demographic because maybe like all of these issues that they're presenting like she tells Harry to come on her tits and nothing comes out and apparently she's really upset about that like Mm -hmm. as someone who has had sex with men many times the cum is my least favorite part (laughs) yeah i know i love how they they were all like 
saying, oh, Miranda, you were always meant to be a lesbian uh, because you're saying that this is like a fun bonus. I'm like, it kind of is, though. Like, it's messy. And and also, it's what do you messy. and also that Charlotte's like, oh, I would I've n- I couldn't have uh, I, I wouldn't have never figured this out. I'm like, but if you guys are having sex, like, how would you not have figured this out up until now? This was an ongoing thing. Like, what do you mean? Because like. I get that maybe they were trying to show us, like, this is how sexy Charlotte and Harry are, that she would just want her his cum all over her. And they're like, we'll use that. And then we'll be like, but a lot of times there's an issue with men that start drying up and they don't get to come anymore. So it was like, we want to show Charlotte and Harry's major sex life. And then we want to bring up this 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 issue that plagues a lot of people. Yeah. It was hard uh- to relate to the problem. Well, the one thing, the one part that I could relate to is I I will I will get so worked up about any little like um, bump or headache or whatever and, and like think the worst of some medical thing. Like I'll go full. Um, what is it uh, like hypochondriac? Uh-huh. So so that I could see like, OK, getting worked up and being like, what does this mean? You no, know, whatever. But then you could at least still it's not that serious. So you could at least have a conversation with your friends where you're like. Oh, yeah, but it is kind of like, well, it's at least a little perk for now until we figure out what it is. It's not like they're all like, oh, my God, Miranda is such a lesbian. (laughs) Yeah, no, Miranda, you're such a lesbian because you don't want cum all over your face. Yeah, like that is a fair thing for anyone who has sex with men to say. Yeah, like totally normal. Like cum is not for everyone. But apparently now all they want, all you're supposed to want is apparently just a ton of cum. Yeah, and Carrie's like, I've never thought about it before. I'm like, <laughs> with your sex podcast, you've never thought about this before? Like, come on, Carrie, like, pick a lane here. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> Miranda is back home, and Steve is, like, hitting a boxing bag. Shirtless, though, reminding us that Steve is hot. Like, Steve has a hot bod. Yeah. Because I do forget that. Like, I forget that that was, like, his big thing. And he still has an amazing body. Like, an absolutely outstanding body. He was all sweaty. And I was like, hell yeah. Give yeah. him his moment. He does deserve it. You guys made him, like, such an, a deaf idiot last season. I know. I'm like, man, uh, he's single now, I guess. So give him a hot <laughs> hookup. Like, yes, he I deserves it. Like, yes. <laughs> I'm just dying for some like a sex scene that actually arouses me and doesn't make me incredibly uncomfortable. And so if you want to give that to Steve, go for it. Okay. But yeah, and you know, of on that note, there's some shows where the whole thing is based around really uncomfortable humor, but they do it really well. Mm-hmm. But this again, everything is in this weird limbo where it's not quite leaning enough into the darkness and the <laughs> the uncomfortability where you're just like waiting for that laugh. Uh, it's yes. just sort of like you're like it's just kind of awkward. Yeah, and like I think what you're trying to do to the like HBO, I think they're the creators here are trying to make it be like, see, older people have sex, and it's like, yes, I would enjoy it if it wasn't shot the way you guys are shooting it. Yeah, like you guys are shooting I, it without any attempt to make it hot. Yeah, and I think of the show Hacks. I don't know if you watched Hacks, but like that's love a show. Hacks. Yeah, that's a show that had a lot of really uncomfortable humor done really well and Glenn Close is Glenn Close right no no has, no or um, sorry um, um now that you said okay. Glenn Close it's all I can think of hold oh, on no, I'll you get know what it. I'm trying to you know what I'm yeah um, hold on hold on it's gonna help uh, well as soon as I Gene Smart there it is Gene, yes Gene Smart I have Gene a problem Smart. with once a name is said I no, can't I know. get that name out no, of no 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 I 
this is no, you're a professional. You pulled up right away. No. So, so she has some sex scenes that I thought were really like revolutionary to be showing on Me TV that were too. like hot and like intimate, but then had uncomfortable things, but it was like so real. And I was like, you never see this for women of this age, which is totally, which is like exciting for me. Cause I'm like, I want to grow older and still have a life, you know? Yes. So that was like really cool. I thought, um, and well handled, but this is just, yeah, this, <laughs> it's like, it's this is all, not, no, no, it's <laughs> this not. Is not. Carrie keeps getting texts this episode from some older guy some older guy and it turns out and it again we're really leaning it this is them thinking they're leaning into something funny because carrie's like did i end up on an aarp list like she's doing these sorts of bits about just how she's not that old yet and it's like okay god you guys are now insulting the older generation but you know what i'll go with it i'll go with it for the sake of where are we taking this storyline because i know it's only going to be relevant for this episode because that's what you guys like to do so let's see where you take it and wasn't big older than her? Yep, by a decent and amount. And then she made it. Then she would joke about that too. Yeah, but it was a joke. But it was a fun, sexy mm-hmm. joke. It was like, oh my, hey kid, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't, I didn't like that. But that's a different thing. But they mm-hmm. made it like a fun little thing. But this is like, ew, get away from me! I have to date men exactly my age. <laughs> like, uh-huh. hey, Carrie, uh- <laughs> okay, <laughs> my o- only my age. I've never even thought that anyone could be older than me and want to date me. Disgusting. Ew. <laughs> Get out of here. Gross. Yeah. yeah no. We had, I don't, I don't know. I might be getting the order of this wrong, but the, I, that at one point, like this is early on in the, in the show, we have Miranda who's, oh yeah. So Steve is with the punching bag, but then Brady is in his bed. And this is something that's carrying over from the previous episode. But I just wanted to say with, this is one of the most wildly unrealistic things that's happened on the show where you could, okay, you can have a midlife crisis and you can have a do crazy stuff after divorce and like want to hook up with new people and live this bohemian life like that I could see. Yeah. But having having your son who's what like 1920 on the show be like I had a breakup in Europe and then she's freaking out and flying home to be with him. That I was like th- I, this is where I'm like did AI write this because if if anyone were to call like their parents and their parents were like had were somewhat sane it'd be like okay well you can come home or you can keep traveling like you know whatever and you could have empathy but she was like oh suicidal and it's like he didn't he was just crying because he broke up like Mm -hmm. i i called my parents um my first time like backpacking on day two and I was like I need to go home they were like it's okay like stick it out (laughs) you know and and I also when I was younger I had a breakup like mid-trip and I was like you know sad on the beach for a week like that it happens but it's not a crisis so why would she need to fly home because what 19 or 20 year old would go through a breakup but then want to spend all day with their parents obviously they're going to be depressed in bed and maybe wanting to be alone or with their friends oh yeah no, it's all very unrealistic, especially since she was so comfortable leaving anyway and like sort of detaching because it was time for Brady to, you know, be a grown up essentially. Um, it was just yeah. an opportunity for them to create conflict. They needed material to write more episodes. Yeah. And then they go to family therapy. That was when so. You're, when you're recently separated because your son had a breakup. And you're and you're not going to talk about the separation we're not here to talk about that. No, no, no. We're just here to talk about you. What? Like, 
Why are you going to a family session then? It should just be Brady in there by himself. If you're just there to talk about his breakup, why are you two there? Yeah. And (laughs) like both of you are there. Like, (laughs) and also he's a, he's technically a grown up. He's kind of a grown up, you know, 1920, you are technically kind of a grown up. You can suggest therapy, but to force someone to go to therapy, like to be at a 5150 level, like, all right, then may, then show us why that's necessary that you're forcing this kid to go to therapy. And they're like, we're going <laughs> to, Miranda and Steve are in there like, oh, no, no, we don't need to talk about the separation. No, 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 no. We're just here for him. It's like, that's, it's so bizarre. Um, then, okay, Charlotte and Harry, they were given, a, they have to do Kegels. K- Harry has to now do Kegels. When Charlotte is like coaching him on how to do it, she then grabs Harry's hand and puts it on her puss and is like, see that? And he's like, you're like a steel trap down there. <laughs> Thank you for like just finding a moment to like give Charlotte, because Charlotte's character would do Kegels and have an amazing pussy. So they're like, <laughs> here's the line. They're like a steel trap down there. <laughs> what the fuck are you saying? <laughs> but it, it's so true that like, <laughs> this is, Charlotte is the closest to like, the charlotte that we knew like this would yeah she would be doing kegels and she, she would be getting doing them regularly yeah yeah every day every day con- all day long what did she say i do 10 sets of three reps four yeah. times a day i'm like oh my god I, i'm not lying i did start doing my kegels when i was watching this episode like i was like okay this i this just freaked me out like got it yeah i'm on who's, it guys i'm on the diligent about their kegels like and, and who has the time i thought but you know what you can do as samantha jones said in the very first one she said i'm doing mine right now oh you know you can do them anytime anywhere you just gotta focus on it so thanks guys thank you so much yeah listeners you could be doing your kegels for the rest of As this episode you, if yeah you want. like let's let's all make it a mission you know what i'm doing them emily's doing them we're yeah. both it, we're doing let's all do kegels until we finish this podcast <laughs> <laughs> that's the lesson we actually learned something from just like that kegels are not not important they're actually quite important yeah yeah so Che has now purchased a place in New York, right? That's what's happened? Or leasing? Because then she understand. says subleasing. Okay, so she's leasing a place in New York. Or they're leasing a place in New York. But then she said, I'm going to sublease it for more. Okay, so she's leased. I keep doing it. They're leasing a place. Okay. I'm so glad you found this confusing too because I was like, wait, what? To make this more I'm realistic, like, like I want to I want to see Che viewing apartments or calling someone to set this up like i don't know because this would be a bigger effort yeah yeah and and a bigger a big decision yeah you know you bring up a good point they could like the amount of writing opportunities they had for materials of of che looking for places yeah that's a lot of material. They could have had Miranda going with Che. Like, that would have made more sense than suddenly, sh- like, she's going over to Che's house or apartment. She's like, hey. And I'm like, wait, hold on. Did it's they move these, back? It's these moments that give us whiplash. And you don't need to show us every minute of every day on their show, but uh, of their lives. But but yeah, show show us at least a phone call, at least a visit, at least a, a thought process of why um, you now have these two fabulous 
beautiful homes in two of the most expensive cities in North America. <laughs> like walk us through that because even uh-huh. as a celebrity, there would still be a reason for why and, uh-huh. and, and a whole process. Like did Che do that? Do it just to be closer to Miranda? Like it, I, I just felt like we were missing a chunk of from there to there, A to B. Yeah. And have, and oh, and ha- okay, I would I would do it where the real estate agent um, is like is a man, and then Chase flirting. Then Miranda's like, I didn't know you were into men. And then Jacob be like, Well, I do have an ex husband, and like mm. that, like something like something connecting things. There's just so many ways to tie it in and make it more realistic. Yeah, because you just sprung an ex husband on us. Uh huh. Chase ex husband. Okay, that like. But then, and then now the home, and now okay, so all these major life events have just in big chunks just fallen into place, uh-huh. and so now we're in the home, and it's like okay, we're dealing with that whiplash, and now uh-huh. yeah, and now and like we're all you said at out. the top, it feels like you missed something. Like sometimes when you're watching, yeah. you're like, did I miss an episode? Because I'm not kidding. When I got to this scene, I stopped, went back to the episode list, and was like, no, no, I didn't miss anything. <laughs> I don't think so. Guys, and if they're looking for material, because I can tell they're scrambling to find it, just look at what you've already written. Look at, okay, so now we've got Che in LA, Miranda in New York. Let's say they wanted to stick with that. Well, it's going to, let's see how they're, how are they going to handle it? Let's write a scene where Miranda and Che talk and Che says, look, I'm going to get a place in New York so I can be close to you. And then we're like, oh, okay, cool. Instead, it's just now- and- and my ex-husband lives there. And my ex-husband's this is- gonna help me move in and all this stuff. And then we can like you're skipping over quite a lot of content that could take this season to a more realistic place. Yeah. And like my whole thing with the real estate agent, like not that it has to be exactly that, but I'm just thinking off the top of just something that would you you can work that that in and it can be interesting because you they love to throw random side characters at us. Mm-hmm. Without really, and that's very really... Sex in the City. Yeah, that's very yeah, exactly. on brand. Like you know, you have that's... the the one off character that's like a little Spitfire or whatever, and then you never see him again. But you don't need to see him again. Or if you do see him again, it's like episodes later, and you're like, oh yeah, I forgot about that person. But a oh real estate agent would be a great guest star appearance. Emily, that's so true. Like an eccentric person who just pops in for one scene is like, I'll buy that purse for you. Don't worry. And they're like, uh-huh. I haven't seen you in years. And boom. And then Very they're, they're out. The city. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's so true. That, uh-huh. Yeah. But instead. So, no, they, yeah. they, they're like, no, 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 guys. No. <laughs> we're just going to plug in some prompts to chat GPT and we're going to say, <laughs> do your thing. <laughs> it's yeah. going to come up with Che and Miranda just start kissing right in front of Carrie and Lyle. They're because they would just totally forget and they're like uh, uh I'm like all right. It just doesn't track to me that Miranda is now totally and completely a different person. I wish yeah. they would pepper in a little bit more of the realistic Miranda where like realistic Miranda would be still socially aware. And yes. funny yes, and not just like she's acting like she's just this oblivious, confused teenager. Yeah. And because the whole making out like that's the type of behavior that is kind of like if you're wasted at the end of the night of a party yes. or something. But I'm like, well, Miranda's now sober. Uh-huh. And so 
you would not just be like hot and heavy. Like we're not 17, you know, like walk in the damn door saying hi. Haven't even made sure everyone's been introduced. Really? Yeah. Like, yeah, no social skills, no, no spatial awareness, no nothing. Just, oh, we're in this new house and we're making out. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No one's met anyone. And you're not like, oh, hey, like uh, introductions. Do you need anything to drink? Like, no, forget it. No. Out the door. Just start kissing. Start kissing. And I appreciate because I I used to work at Soho House. I used to work. I was one of their food and beverage managers for years. So I appreciate that they make Lyle the mixologist at the Malibu Soho House. Because let me tell you how unrealistic this is. Okay. (laughs) Tell me. (laughs) When Soho House opened its Malibu house, it was and it has been almost impossible to staff it because it's all the way like at the very last part of Malibu, like right when you're about to get into Ventura County. So it is really far from the actual city where most people live. So you couldn't get like bussers or dishwashers because they would have to take like five buses to get there. So they started losing people left and right. But then also the bartenders and shit, they're like, I can't, I'm not driving out to Malibu anymore. There's no fucking way. So they're always understaffed. No one wants to work there. It's a shit show of a house because it's always understaffed and it's like poorly managed. So to have him who lives in Malibu, it appeared because he picked up Miranda from the beach cleanup. You're not making enough money in at the Malibu Soho house to be living in living in Malibu. Uh, this is the this is the LA insider info that I love like (laughs) (laughs) I I've been no but like this is because when I'm talking about like how we need more details like I'm just talking about filling out the basics I know not everyone watches tv like me where I want to know like everything I want people's like finances I want all the (laughs) like that's that's a me thing but I'm like this (laughs) I love this this is why um I've only been to LA for three days a one three-day visit but I because I I I latch on to these little things about like housewives and all those reality shows. I'm like, oh, we're here. Like I was like mm-hmm. situated, and mm-hmm. I had I and and drove by the Soho house in Malibu. And I was like, okay, like I just chic. knew, the- yeah, very very chic. But the inner what- workings of it, like, doesn't it make sense? Like, you want to if you live in Malibu, you don't want to work there. You just want to go there. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, I doing that drive. Yeah, it's a huge slep. Like you're not just it. I was in fun vacation mode. So I was like, okay, whatever. I'm just looking at the ocean. But if if yeah, to be you had to get there on time. (laughs) Yeah. And to like and to be making like how much could they be paying? Exactly. The bussers and everything. It's that was the biggest issue they had is they're like, it's costing me more to get here than it is. Oh, my God. Yeah. Right. But anyway, yeah. Oliver Oliver Hudson's character is a mixologist. By the way, no one even uses that term anymore. That's <laughs> become like a dirty term because when it when mixology first became a thing, it became like a trendy thing that also got like a bad name. So almost nobody calls themselves a mixologist. It gives me like Tom Sandoval vibes. It's you know, very like Tom Sandoval. Flipping vibes. his like little flipping his shakers and like yeah. d- you know being like I imported this lychee whatever. Mm-hmm you know, rare this berry syrup thing, like mm-hmm. really pretentious douchey guys. Mm-hmm. But then Che and Miranda, they just go to the bedroom. They're like, you guys, you guys enjoy yourselves. And then they just head over to the bedroom and leave Carrie and Lyle to chat. 
And it turns out Lyle was a Beverly Hills hairstylist. <laughs> I'm like, what happened? And then Carrie and Lyle sit on the couch and then break it. So now we got some slapstick comedy to top it off. We don't know how Che got this place, where this furniture came from, but it's breaking. Well, they said they said something about like Che hadn't secured the couch or something. I'm like, what does that even mean? Who's disassembling a couch for a move? That's that's yeah. What are that's, you talking? You don't what take do you that mean? off. You know, yeah. do that. Yeah, or was well, it new furniture? No, but even then, why would it break if it's new? Why or would like, it break wh- if it's new? Why did you not put it together properly when you had guests coming over, Che? Yeah, like, <laughs> what's your plan? You have guests coming over. You're like, yeah, go ahead, sit on that couch. Go right ahead. As, oh as two, shit, I forgot to secure it. As two people who just recently moved were especially yes. triggered by this, we're like, <laughs> what do you mean the couch wasn't set up? Sense. <laughs> <laughs> and then you wouldn't warn people when they come in, like, okay, be careful, guys. I just put this couch together. It's not yeah. totally together, so you have nowhere to sit. Thanks for coming over to this place. <laughs> Thanks for heading over. (laughs) Doesn't make any fucking sense at all. (laughs) No. And you're just like, and you're abandoning your guests on your like half put together house. Yes. They'll be fine. They'll be be okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's so stupid. It is. No, it is. And like the original Sex and City had a lot of little slapstick, funny, silly kind of physical comedy mm-hmm. moments. So Absolutely. I think, they were, I think they were trying to recreate that, but it's like, okay, but then, but make it It was believable. rooted in reality, though. Yeah. Or, or you know, like, be like, lean on the couch, lean, uh, sit down on the couch, and there was some art leaning on it that broke or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, just, it doesn't even have to be that different for it to be believable by some stretch. Yes, yes. But then because, because the couch broke, then they all, all four of them have to sit, like, on the bed laughing about how Lyle and Che had a girlfriend when they were together. Oh, that's right. We had a girlfriend. And Lyle Lyle has this speech that makes Miranda, like, I love when you can really tell where this is headed because Lyle's like, actually, it was all Che's idea. You know, they wanted to push the boundaries in their relationship. And you see Miranda's face like, oh, no, is am I not enough? Does she want to push boundaries with me? It's so on the nose. It's basically, so basically, Lyle says that Che was gonna break up with him if he didn't become polyamorous. <laughs> where it's which was that was the first moment where I was like, Che, like Che, you're a I, monster. <laughs> yeah, I've met people like this before, and they are the worst. <laughs> they shame you for not being like into it, and you're like, yeah. I don't know. I think you're the person that's being a little pushier than yeah. yeah. Like, sorry, but, I thought you were open-minded. Like, and then Lyle goes, well, also, Janny was my first pegging. Carrie goes, well, look at the time. And <laughs> I actually felt for Carrie there, too. I would have been the same way. Like, okay, like, we're not trying to, like, out-sex the other person. I don't know, actually, for that part. Like, I would be a lot, okay, if I was at, like, a party or whatever, and people were talking about pegging, that would that would not make me uncomfortable. But if people were heavily making out right next to me, I would be uncomfortable. You know, like there's not that much just in conversation that you could have that I, uh, that especially will carry again, the prude sex podcaster. Oh, she's like, like okay. Oh my God. She's like, oh yeah. I mean the whole situation, I guess. Yeah. Cause they're all in bed. That would be weird. Like that would be a weird energy, but yeah, the whole thing is, Horribly uncomfortable. And then um, I want to point out, speaking of how toxic Che is, 
Che is getting wasted, visibly hammered. And yeah. you got sober Miranda over there. And I think that's a little I again, here's another option that they could yeah. take in a realistic direction and have Miranda actually say something like, it is getting a little difficult for me to be around so much drinking. That would be cool to throw in there. Yeah, or just address it in some way. Either I'm uncomfortable or I'm cool with it. But make yeah. it has to be no one is casually newly sober it's a huge part of your life that your partner or even a casual person that you're dating which is why you're not supposed to be casually dating in Mm -hmm. this this stage um you need to have a conversation either like this is why it's okay or this is why i'm uncomfortable with it ala i'm thinking of like Lindsay and carl you know from summer house like there we go like even even if for for them, like I mean, I know this is different. It's a reality show, but for them, it was this whole tension of like, are you actually okay with it? And then kind of pretending it was fine when it wasn't. That's that could also be interesting storyline, an interesting storyline. Being like, no, it's fine, but then you sense that it's not actually fine. Like, I really want more of if Miranda does have a drinking problem. I really would like to hear give us more a drinking problem. It. Give yeah. us like it's not. Like, have her relapse and then realize, oh, my God, maybe she really is an alcoholic. But instead, they're like, it was some light alcoholism. She got over it real quick. She went to one meeting, was like, oh, I feel better I'm now. Good. This is like, good. Yeah, she, that's it. It's like the wrong message. It's like the common cold. Like, that, that's what <laughs> like little chicken soup and you're all better. And like, yeah, it's so not easy. a factor in any relationship ever easiest again. Easiest thing ever. Easiest thing. She's <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know what these people are complaining about. This whole AA thing's a cinch. <laughs> so fun. Yeah. What's everyone on about? Yeah. <laughs> Y'all chill out. Yeah. Okay. So while all of this is going on at Che's dark, scary, horrible new apartment, Lisa and Herbert have this dinner and she and I, he didn't send out the invitation. So they have this big table And they're going to have this four-course meal. And Herbert's horrible mom, who they just make absolutely terrible. Like, they really lean into, like, the bad mother-in-law character. And she's sitting all the way at the end of the table while the four of them are sitting at the other end. She's like, it's the only place the AC wasn't blowing on me. (laughs) But we get – Charlotte gets a chance to be off – because as soon as she meets the guy, Mark, who's, like, the art guy – and as soon as she starts talking about the art stuff, I'm like, oh, they're going to have him offer her a job. Like, I knew that was coming. That's what's yeah. – the problem is there's no element of surprise for me on this show. Like, as soon as they introduce someone, I'm like, I see where this is going. And let me guess. And I was right. So – This is why I feel like the show gaslights us because it's so unbelievable <clears throat> so much of the time that when you have something like this that is predictable, but it's at least realistic and true to the character, I feel – think I'm enjoying it but just because I'm not like what confused the fuck is happening so I'm like okay yeah this feels familiar like I'm like uh-huh. comforted by it even uh-huh. though yeah it's like very predictable very Charlotte because he starts getting texts from his daughter and Charlotte coaches him on how to handle it and I'm like there it is now he's gonna be like you come work for me I need yeah. you around to keep texting my daughter um Lyle passes out on Che's bed so Miranda goes you better make up for it So they're sleeping in the bed. Chase starts kissing on Miranda and Lyle is passed out next to them. This to me is like assault. (laughs) Like 
Miranda doesn't seem comfortable in the least. And Chase like, just deal with it. Yeah, I actually wrote this down. Chase said, uh, or, well, maybe this is jumping ahead. They start, they, they start like kissing and then Lyle scooches in and mid kind of like they're all starting, basically starting a threesome. And then Chase says, are you cool with it? Miranda's trying to figure out what's going on and talking through it. And then Che goes, it's getting less hot the more you talk. <laughs> I'm sorry. If I if I started to kiss someone and they were like, whoa, 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 there's someone next to you, I'd be like, fair. And like, is this a world where like the Me Too movement has not happened, but COVID has? Like, what is going Like, so we're going to force Miranda. Like, again, this is sort of bad representation for a non-binary person. It's like, this non-binary person is going to force you to have a threesome, even if you don't want to. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's kind of, it's also, um, it, it's reinforcing that stereotype of like, Bi- bisexual people are like super promiscuous and crazy and don't and care about any don't boundaries. care about anyone's boundaries none and, they fuck and the your boundaries whole, yeah and the whole thing like just it was like weird lack of consent weird pressuring and yeah. then the way that che rolled it out you know what it, it reminded me of those like 90s drug ads where it was like are you cool with it <laughs> are you, do you yeah. want to be cool because you're not cool if you're not doing drugs, have a hit. Like, and it was like so not realistic, but it was kind of like it that. Was literal peer pressure, like, oh, come on, you prude. I know. Like, I know. let's go down on each other right next to my passed out ex-husband. I, it was so uncomfortable and just, yeah, borderline, like, are we having a, this is a situation. This is, <laughs> I was like, alert, guys. This is assault. <laughs> she, like, this is unfair for poor Miranda but then Miranda's like I'm totally fine with it guys you keep enjoying I'm gonna go on the couch but here's another thing I'd like to point out why are they putting their head on the part of the couch that's down you would put your head on the higher part also just put it put a book underneath the leg and call it a day and that's even evens out the couch like and if you can sleep on the couch, then why isn't Lyle sleeping why on the couch? Why isn't Lyle in the first sleeping place? on the couch? Why didn't Che wake up Lyle and go, get your ass on the couch? I want to have sex with Miranda. It's getting less hot the more you talk. Imagine a man saying that. Like <laughs> <laughs> when you're asking if someone's okay with something, like <laughs> Are you okay with this? Oh God, you're keeping That's- talking, talking, talking. <laughs> <laughs> all, yeah, all of here is talking and less banging. Ma- like, like, get out of here. I was just asking to be polite. Okay. <laughs> you don't have a choice. You have to be okay with it. <laughs> it's so, so bad. It's so, it. so bad. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> I know. And like, you know, we've been talking, like, it's like we've been talking ad nauseum about the out of touchness of it, but. This is where the out of touchness gets dangerous because you're yes. actually dangerously <laughs> representing a very underrepresented group of people exactly. on TV. Exactly. And making it like fun and casual that they're like horrible and a yeah. pre- and maybe a predator. That they give <laughs> drugs to kids. They, <laughs> they force you to do threesomes. Like what's Shay, next? Jay is the boogeyman. Just <laughs> like stay away is what they're they don't realize that's basically what they're trying they're saying. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> because because also like I I don't know anyone who would be trying to give drugs to kids and anyone who would be putting people in this situation would be someone that 
everyone, you know, you could talk to your friends about it would be like, oh, my God, like, get this person out of your life as quick as possible. But all this (laughs) together, I'm like, what what else does Che like just own some like unlocked guns like what else are we gonna throw in here that like <laughs> is just making like che an actual dangerous person <laughs> that's the next episode that's coming up next <laughs> oh my god okay so af- after we've been traumatized by that carrie goes to the vivant event and on her way in Seema gives her one bit of advice just don't take any photos with someone in a walker. Well, right when Carrie walks in, there's a lady in a walker and a guy going, Carrie, will you get a picture? And she goes, oh, no, no, ew, no, I can't. I can't possibly. <laughs> I get that it's intentionally supposed to be bad because the way it like wraps up at the very end is like Carrie going, I'm dealing with my own ageism. It's like. Fuck you guys. <laughs> she could be, I could be photographed with someone in a walker. No one's like, look at that old hag. She must also need a walker. It's, it's like able, like ableist. Ableist, ableist like you could, ageism. <laughs> yeah. Okay. At least I'll give them this. The, the bar is so low at this point, but at least she acknowledges like, this is ageism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but we get Gloria Steinem too, which I thought was so ironic considering what this episode was at this point. I'm like, Wow, I you you better come correct just like that because I'm telling you, Gloria Steinem would not have it. I love that we can get Gloria Steinem, but can barely get Kim Cattrall. <laughs> <laughs> she that's different. Nope, nope, not Kim Cattrall. Absolutely not. Um, yeah. Bitsy von Muffling is there. Uh, Enid's like, oh, she's only here because she's got deep pockets. But turns out. Bitsy has been the one, she's the one who passed on Carrie's number to the older guy, Marlon, that keeps texting her. And she's like, I fucked him. So you can too. He's got a great penis. And he will send, she will send a dick pic in the middle of Gloria Steinem's speech. And she's like, thumbs up. She's like, yeah. (laughs) Gloria Steinem is talking, guys. The disrespect, like. I think we can at least wait for Gloria Steinem to be done before sending dick pics. And I would like to keep hearing what she's saying. Thank you very much. I don't need to I don't need to see a dick pic. What is Gloria saying? I'm here for it. I know. I'm like, Gloria, you're better than this. Like- you're better than this. You are so much better than this. But they they they're like, here, we'll fix it. So they have a scene with Karen and Gloria where she's like, I guess I'm battling my own ageism. And Gloria lets her right off the hook. She says, Don't you worry about it. So they're like, Okay, now we're good, right? Okay. We fixed it. Come fixed, on. Fixed ageism. It's fixed all Fixed ageism. That's what they keep doing. They keep doing it every episode. Yeah. And like made Gloria Steinem look kind of like not that feminist or just mm-hmm. like a chill. I mean. She's chill. It's like Gloria Steinem for all that she's known for. It's not really for being laissez-faire like, oh, whatever. <laughs> it's all good. Like, it's like, no, we she's actually a very it. passionate <laughs> pioneering activist but that's okay that's what a okay. waste not- of Gloria Steinem actually <laughs> like they could have really had her present some cool lesson that she wanted to say but they're like no no no. we'll just make you be cool with it yeah like exactly you could have her like saying something interesting about ageism being like you know even though I am such an activist myself I've dealt with it she's like ah whatever it's fine <laughs> yeah she's like oh duh. who who isn't <laughs> who isn't a little ageist <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> it's like, what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> okay, but now Enid comes over and Carrie's like, I would be happy 
to write for Vivant. And Enid goes, oh, no, no, no. I want you to donate $100,000. And Carrie's like, oh, my God. Well, oh, my God. I can't. Okay. And then she realizes, here's a trick. She goes, well, Enid, if I give you 100K, I would have to give everyone 100K. Because that was the bit that Enid said about if I talk about your book, I'll just talk about everybody's book. So she's like, well, now here we go. Gloria goes to leave, but Carrie gets a pic with the two of them. So she's like, can you just take a picture of us? So it's Enid, it's Gloria, it's Carrie. So Enid goes, okay, wait, let me see that. I want to make sure the pic looks good. And she scrolls too far, and then she sees the dick pic, and she goes, are you dating my Marlin? I genuinely mean this. I am shocked that anyone could recognize their boyfriend's penis. Unless it was like so specific looking. Like a very distinct piercing or something Uh or like a marking. I don't know. But even if there was like some mole or something weird, like not weird, but like just something distinctive, you'd be like, oh, crazy. Like my boyfriend's dick has the same thing. Like you to immediately go to like, (laughs) this is 100%. Like I'm picking out of a lineup. How? I'm that sure. They're pretty generic. Like they're not. They're especially that penis. It wasn't like it was some like very. It was like that's a penis. Okay, cool. There yeah. it is. Yeah, that's it. I, no, and but she was fully confident, and it was like, "This is my boyfriend's dick. What 100%. are you doing with it? Dig is up. <laughs> what are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? But then here's where they do like the ultimate. This is such a carry. Like this is the just like that twist. That's like, oh, it's, she goes. I mean, no, 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 no. Bitsy was trying to set me up with him, but I would never date someone so old. And then Enid goes, and I would. And I'm like, okay, but Enid has to know she's older than Carrie. It's not like yeah. this is a, this is like an impossibility. It's it would be it's a very re- normal thing to say. I don't per- personally want to date someone twenty years older than me. Like no one would bat an eyelash. Allowed. And but so then for someone to be 20 years older and to be like, well, that person is my peer, but then to be a fit, that would not happen. It doesn't. None of that tracks. It's just classic, classic, just yeah. like that writing. Because then Carrie's like, oh, well, oh, my God. Uh, well, uh, uh, I forgot my checkbook. So Enid goes, PayPal works. And then she goes, OK. And then final voiceover is, and just like that, Enid and I became pen pals. PayPal's. Thank you. Get him. (laughs) I know. Horrible. I'm like, like, you just donated 100K because you had a little snafu where you said someone who's older is older. And all you Uh, had to do was say, look, I'm in my 50s. I don't really want to be dating anyone in their 70s yet. That's just where I'm at. That's all you have to say in response. And if I'm 20 years older than a person and they say that to me, I'd be like, fair. Yeah. Yeah, I think like, yeah, it's it's more you're more of an outlier if you are like it's okay to date someone 20 years with a 20 year age gap, but you are more of an outlier. That is a more unusual situation. But yes. again, this is where like the AI kicks in where it's like <laughs> AI is like and we malfunctioned at the end there. We just got confused, but put it in. It's fine. They don't problems bother to with check age. It. Very offended. <laughs> Women offended. Man, like knows everyone everyone, everyone cons- knows their boyfriend's penis <laughs> yeah yeah and also and also like 
no one's mad then why are why would she not be mad enid would not be mad at her boyfriend being like why is he send like why is there dick pics of him being sent around like you're mad at carrie for then saying someone's yeah. old like what the issues what? him seemingly still on the market the issue is like this fucker is still willing to get, like he's been texting you that's the issue but this in this reality everyone's like in a swinging open relationship yes. super casually and like partner swaps and like has threes including enid like including- she's like oh yeah this is fine like it's all, we're obviously we're like polyamorous and like so this is okay but don't call me old like <laughs> how dare you how dare you say that you wouldn't date someone so old that is offensive donate a hundred thousand dollars and just like and that just, yeah and <laughs> just like that just like that it's over <laughs> oh my god this has been very i appreciate this because you seem to be on the same level as me when it comes to this show just confusion um disappointment but then also i don't want it to be better i don't want it to like actually be a legit written show (laughs) i want it to stay this way it's a comedy but not for the reasons they think yes Yes, exactly. Like, yeah, actually, I've been saying this whole time, like, okay, if it's going to be this, lean into it. But you know what? If it's going to be this bad, like, it has to be this bad. This bad. This bad so that we can laugh at it. We can laugh at it. I know. But I also felt like I couldn't have unpacked it on my own. No, you need need someone else to do it with. Because I would have just the whole time been like, did I? Was I just, did I skip something? Like, what? Because it, it, it does leave you feeling confused. Like last week I said, I didn't know how to feel about Seema because they didn't, they don't really develop these, these new characters fully. Like I don't, I don't really get enough where I understand what they're about, what they're not about. Like with we don't Naya, understand their marriages and like, okay. I can't tell, someone- is Naya really separated from her husband or are they not separated? Is she on the market? She is like, they're, they just kind of keep not fully giving us things. Yep. Yep. So you, I'm like, maybe I just don't get it. But no, no, we're not alone. No, the show is just really that bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's why we come here to talk about it. Yep. <laughs> um, I think I would love to have you back to do another one of these because you're I, really fun to talk about this show. Oh, with. my God. I would love to. Seriously. Okay. okay well then, like, we will yes. be when we end this. We'll be coordinating some schedules. Okay. Have your people call my people. Okay. Like, <laughs> wait, tell the people where they can find you. And then you and I are going to hop off and we're going to fucking coordinate sometimes. Absolutely. To do this again. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Okay. So um, my podcast is called It's Become a Whole Thing. And we recap um, reality, some documentary, like um, the Anna Nicole Smith documentary, and just things that are kind of like in the pop culture zeitgeist. Um, I have a book called The Stuff I Hate Journal. Um, just like Carrie, I'm also uh, trying to push my book on people. <laughs> um, but it's a book of journal prompts. It's all about venting and getting out your frustrations. And yeah, I'm on social media. It's become a whole thing. And that's about it. I link everything in the episode notes per use. Thank you so much for being here. This was truly a blast this was so fun this was so so much for having me absolutely okay guys love you mean it and we'll see you next time bye bye
Thank you guys so much for listening to She Speaks It All, a podcast from the creator and host of She Speaks Bravo in partnership with Cloud10 Media. Make sure you are following She Speaks It All pod on Instagram and TikTok. And of course, make sure you are subscribed or following this podcast. Hit that notification bell so you never miss an episode. And if you want to support me, head over to buymeacoffee.com slash she speaks bravo and buy me a coffee or two or five. Thanks, you guys. See you next time. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.